Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and I'm heading back over to the homeland, England, uh, to interview my next guest. I'm very excited to kind of get uh, a little bit more of a history of this guest. Um, I, I put a call out to uh, to find out if there's any chiropractors out there who'd been really in that pain-based model and had some contempt for those crazy vitalistic chiropractors and and um, my guest, Dr. Destiny, had put her hand up saying, hey, I might be the one you're looking for. So uh, so this is going to be pretty exciting. I did meet her at Cairo Europe. Uh, we were just talking about it was pretty fun because in, uh, in Cairo Europe, Brandy was doing one of her talks. And so we were doing a bunch of our vital signs and we were doing pre-post adjusting. And, uh, and and this was one of my people that I adjusted. And we'll talk, probably talk about that a little bit uh, a little bit along the podcast as well. So Dr. Destiny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Don. It's <laughs> so exciting. This is good. So um, like we do all with all our guests, we kind of go back to the very beginning and just kind of figure out, like, how did you find out about this crazy profession in the first place? Um, I think quite a few people have a, a story that it was a calling for them. And it really was a calling for me. Um, and I, I listened to it at the time, but didn't really actually realize how important it was. My, I was involved in a car accident with my mother when I was probably about eight or nine years old. Uh, and you know, my mum, it was kind of one of those near death car accidents and we knocked heads together and what have you. And, and, uh, my mum got rushed off to hospital with, you know, suspected concussion and being a nine year old kid, they say, oh, kids just bounce. So I got sent home with my grandparents. Um, my mum was studying to be a nurse at the time. Mm. And, uh, when she got back from the hospital, they said, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. But from there on, she just totally changed. She her mood changed, her uh, concentration, you know, her, she was very short tempered. She was sort of seems depressed and seemed depressed. And she was really struggling to um, finish some of her studies and things. So she went to the hospital uh, and spoke to her mentor and said, look, I'm really struggling. And he said, well, I'll send you for an MRI scan. I think they actually didn't have MRI scans then. And we are talking a little while ago. Uh, so let's see. So I was eight. So it must have been at least 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <totally>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it might have been a CAT scan or something. So they found nothing wrong. Then they sent her to sort of a PTSD clinic. Nothing wrong. You know, tried her on meds, antidepressants, blah, 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 nothing wrong. Anyway, long story short, she went back to the mentor and said, look, I can't, I just can't finish this. I'm going to fail this part of my course. So I really need to um, maybe defer for a year. And he said, well, I know it's a long shot, but try this mate of mine who's a chiropractor. So um, she went off to the chiropractor. I have no idea what happened there. Um, mm -hmm. But within two, two, three weeks, she was absolutely back to normal, back to her normal self. And, you know, and I, at that time, there was this feeling of, oh, I got to know what that was. Um, mm -hmm. I have to do that for people because it must be so many people that are. Anyway, so that was when I was eight or nine years old and kind of just trundled along. And I was living in California at the time. We moved to the UK when I was 12. 
still kind of pursued this sort of thinking of a science-y kind of chiropractic route, wasn't sure how I was going to go about it, had never been adjusted myself, um, yeah, sort of got through sort of school and blah, 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 uh, and then thought I was going to have to go back to the States to train to be a chiropractor, but found that the only chiropractic college in Europe uh, was here in Bournemouth. Ah. That was the only one at the time. So we're Great. talking uh, 20, 30 years, something years ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was like, yeah, boom, I'm going to do that then. Bearing in mind, I'd still never been adjusted myself. Um, got to the AECC. Uh, I loved college, absolutely loved college. Um, mm -hmm. Had a great time. Mostly was in the bar quite a lot, but did learn quite a lot of stuff too. That is the um, fun thing about and, chiropractic school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and many of you who will know me can verify that, and that still kind of happens a little bit. But anyway, we'll move on from that. So, <laughs> um, you know, and AECC, like most colleges, I suppose, um, is quite a mechanistic college. Even back then, I think it's more so now. I think it's a prin the principal is a physio. So, but even right. back then it was quite mechanistic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, subluxation was a historical, you know, thing. And, and I think we had like a half an hour um, thing in the whole four years of D.D. Palmer doing some kind of toggle recoil. And, you know, and it was like, oh, this is the history. But now we have the science. Um, so we don't really think about any of that. Um, I was also kind of, you know, this whole thing of upper cervical adjustment. Oh, no, don't do any upper cervicals because, you know, it's carotid things and the vertebral artery things and this and that. And you'll give people strokes. And, you know, um, and they even one lecturer said, well, yeah, every chiropractor will give at least one person a stroke in their career. So just make sure you prepare yourself for that. Really? They said that? Like, yes. Jeez. So. <laughs> So, you know, I was scared and I think there was those scare tactics all the time that actually this is really a scary profession I'm in. Yeah. Um, and then when you qualify, you know, you take the oath, do no harm. And I took that quite seriously. So I was only kind of, you know, rubbing aqueous cream into buttocks and doing ultrasoundy things, <laughs> uh, not adjusting any upper cervicals because I was scared that I was going to hurt people. Right. Um, and, you know, I didn't really think of subluxations, thought of joint function, didn't think of nervous system. You know, my, my peer group were the same. None of yeah. us really thought about any of that stuff. Um, I do actually think there was a philosophy group in college, but I think we thought they were all nerds and didn't really kind of subscribe. I think, I think at, uh, at CMCC, I think they call them the subbies or something, like the crazy <laughs> subbies or something. They have some name yeah. for it. For, for the us. Cult. Yeah, the weirdy cult people. Uh, <laughs> so after I qualified, I went and as many students do, you know, I went off to be an associate. And, you know, the guy I worked for was fabulous. He is such a, you know, what, a, what he was one of the first chiropractors to ever qualify from ACC. And mm -hmm. he was an angel, but again, mechanistic. So I was, yeah. that was kind of then um, confirmed that this is the right way. But after a few years, I just kept, there was something niggling me and I couldn't figure it out. And, uh, and so I, I moved away from that and went to another practice and he was mechanistic. So I did that for a while. And then I was, I'm not sure if chiropractic's for me, there was something that I just thought, this is not what this is. There's gotta be more to this because I'm doing the same thing as a sports massage therapist and a physio. So what makes me different and why, you know, so this bugged me for ages and ages and ages. 
Um, so I started getting kind of bored. And yeah. <laughs> <it's> yeah. Just, <laughs> um, and so I kept moving practices and moving practices and I went traveling and I did all these things. And I thought, oh, I just don't think maybe chiropractic is my calling after all. Um, and so then I decided I know I need to start my own practice. Maybe I just need this autonomy and I need this thing of not being an associate. Um, and so I start my own practice. At the time then, I was actually working in a practice with my husband. We were both associates in another practice. Oh, so you're um, your husband's a chiropractor? My husband's a chiropractor and he's a mechanist. Ah, and did you guys, <laughs> like, I, know, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead too fast, but like, did you okay. guys meet at school or how did you we guys meet? Knew, we did know each other at school, but actually after I went traveling in year 2000, I just emailed a load of my friends and said, I need some locum work. And he said, there's locum work here in Kent is where I am now. And uh, so, and little did I know that he actually made all of the chiropractors go on holiday so that he could get me there because I think he might have liked me in college, but I didn't know. So anyway, so then we <laughs> so had a good plan. He had a good plan. It worked. <laughs> Strategist. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I was, we were associates and I just kept, again, there was just something bugging me and I couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, so I decided to start my own practice. Um, so I moved away from where we were about sort of 10 miles away and started a practice then fell pregnant with my second child so then he had to come and it was a whole big we had to buy ourselves out of contracts and all this sort of like weird stuff so then he joined and then when i had the kids and did all that i got back to work and i was an associate again but again you know and there was all this sort of stuff going around in my head that we're seeing you know we're seeing one person every 20 minutes and we're there talking, and you know I can talk, you can hear I can talk. And I, could, I just basically <laughs> talked and talked and talked for 20 minutes while I was sort of rubbing E45 on their knees. And I was like, surely, and I ended up like a counselor, really. You know, yeah, totally. Their life story. Like, you know, <laughs> Tell me all your problems. Was, yeah. Yeah, let me entertain you. Oh, I know, yeah, it's like the traffic's so bad. And oh, uh, hairdresser well and of course that's exhausting and yeah. again you might not know it now but I am an actually an introvert so by the end of the day I was exhausted and miserable absolutely mm. miserable so I started thinking well, okay this isn't it either um, and then I had an opportunity some medical docs um, offered where there was a change in the NHS we were franchising some things and they get points if they have alternative medicine medicine in their um, practices in these franchises. So this guy said, oh, maybe you could come and have chiropractors and all these things. And me like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's shiny new thing. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Yeah. And that was so awful. That, um, <laughs> that, and, you know, and I was actually nervous because I thought I'd be speaking to a lot of orthopedic people and people in high places. And I didn't feel confident in my knowledge of any of that stuff because basically all I'd done for the last 10 years was, you know, massage, massage stuff. Massage glutes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And what do you, you know, and, and as the syntropy guys say, you know, you don't have 30 years experience if you're doing the same thing every day for 30 years. And that's kind of what I was doing. And all, you know, and again, and I kept feeling there was something else, but, and people would talk about high volume practitioners and we were like, oh, oh, money grabbing charlatans. And, you know, and people would talk about stuff like, oh, it's just, you know, oh, these straight chiropractors, it's a cult, blah, blah, blah. So um, still kind of like looking for what, I did, what was wrong. So anyway, I did uh, 18 months with the NHS, won't ever be doing that again. Um, <laughs> So, but before I sort of did that NHS thing, to in order to get some confidence, 
I decided I needed some confidence about speaking to people that I felt were of a higher caliber than me. So I did some NLP business work mm-hmm. and um, this really, really resonated with me. The NLP was amazing. And one of the reasons why it was amazing is because they believe in a, you know, there's a source. They believe that there's a universal intelligence. Yes. Wow. They believe <laughs> they believe that we have a collective consciousness. They believe we're connected in some intangible way. They believe in the power of the mind to heal the body. Wow, so that's crazy. Like, I'm, that's, wow, I'm sold on this. This really resonated with me. And uh, <laughs> I'd never heard of this before. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, so I was all in that. So I spent, you know, the next five years, really, three or three, five years, getting into NLP, learning psychoneuroimmunology, uh, hypnosis, mindfulness, the mind, body, spirit connection, all this kind of stuff. And I was, that was it. I was giving up chiropractic um, and that was my thing. Wow. And one wire, and I was literally the week before I was going to close my doors, my chiropractic doors, and have an office with my chair so I could do my hypnosis work and um, my psycho neuroimmunology work. Um, my friend Ray, I don't know, I talk about him a lot, poor guy. He uh, called me up or texted me or something and said, Look, I'm going to this conference thing, this seminar, it's a chiropractic seminar. Um, I, why don't you come see if you like it? No, no I don't do chiropractic anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, so boring, isn't it? You go to these seminars and they're like, Oh, I already know how to, rub, I know your head. you're like, I already know how to rub the glutes. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, Oh, yawn fest. You only go cause you want the CPD, don't you? So yeah. And he was like, come on, it's, you know, it's different. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not doing it. I'm now an NLP practitioner and what have you. And he said, okay, well, listen, it's in Barcelona. And if you, you know, if you don't like it, at least you've got four days on the business where you can chill out and look around Barcelona. So I was like, mm, actually, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> so I did it and I was ready to be just, you know. A grumpy, uh, grumpy pants. Know. Yeah, I was grumpy pants. I was sort of like, I was sitting in the front of the audience bit because I said, oh, okay, I'll go for the half, first half of the first morning. If I don't like it, I'm out. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I sat in the front row with my arms crossed, my legs crossed, giving Mark Hudson the stink eye. Like, yeah, whatever. You, you're not going to change my mind. And <laughs> guess what he did, Dr. Don? Did you do exactly what you didn't want to happen? <laughs> he stood up and started talking about source energy. And <laughs> the, yeah. You're like, am I at an NLP conference or what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, restoring you know, your innate intelligence and connecting the spiritual with the physical and all it. And I was sat there and I, I was kind of dumbfounded really. And I didn't know what to do with myself after that. So I cried, I think. Um, and then I had a, had a great time with all these sort of, you know, people. And I got home bearing in mind, my husband's a chiropractor and mechanist. He hadn't gone to the conference and trying really hard not to sort of like vomit all this like stuff on him. Oh, we're doing it wrong. This is like me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I couldn't help it. I did. And so, uh, anyway, uh, so that was that October. And then I got mad. I got then you got really mad. mad. Got mad at my peer group. I got mad at the ACC. I got mad at all these, other, you know, I, got, I just got mad at everything about it. Why haven't I been, this was 20 years after I qualified. Yeah. So I was really a bit cheesed off. 
Um, anyway, so I persuaded my husband to go to Cairo Europe the next April. And uh, oh, by the way, that October was you know that first conference I'd ever gone to is the one where we got thrown out of the hotel. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? I heard. Yeah. I don't. I wasn't that, but I just heard parts of it. But it was a little yeah. bit rowdy or something. I heard. It was very rowdy. And, <laughs> yeah. But um, so that was that sold me as well. We got we're such rebels. We're we rebels. Um, so yeah, so then, you know, and my husband went to the, you know, the next one and he wasn't as sold as I was Mm -hmm. and he wasn't over keen on changing the practice. And, you know, I was listening to Dr. Marie Osborne and I can't, he, my, his name escapes me. Oh yeah. The other Dr. Osborne that you interviewed. John. Yeah. Yeah. John. And yeah. And it, you know, to me, I, my, her story really resonates with me because it kind of like with all the having children and everything, you sort of get lost as a chiropractor. Yeah. But it seems to me that they did the right thing, that they kind of got together as a unit and went to these things and they were on the same page. My husband wasn't really over keen. He was happy. You know, I wasn't happy. Right. Uh, I wanted these changes, but he was happy doing his thing and he still is. So, mm-hmm. and I kept trying to change him and tell him, this is the way, this is the way, it's so much better like this. And he was like, uh, I don't get it. And I'm not keen on it. And sounds a bit culty to me. <laughs> and he didn't want to make changes with the staff because we hadn't really trained any staff properly and all this kind of stuff. Right. Tell me if I'm wittering on too much. No, no, this is good. This is, well, again, <laughs> you know what? I, I bet you any money, there's people listening that would have gone through the exact same thing. Cause yeah, cause especially when you kind of, well, we, we talk about like when you have agreements, especially in a relationship and you, and you guys, you know, you make an agreement when you meet somebody cause that's who you are. And then all of a sudden you learn something new and you evolve. This happens yeah. a lot. So we see this in chiropractic tons where one person in the relationship really wants to evolve and the other one doesn't. So I think this will be really beneficial for people listening. You know, and yeah, and it took me a long time. It took me about three years, really, to try and change him, which I know now. I mean, I was consciously trying not to change him because I knew that that wasn't a good thing. But unconsciously, I was trying to sort of persuade him that my way was the right way and I was right. And then that makes him wrong, which was never a good thing either. Um, and all this kind of stuff. So about three years, I tried to, we have this tiny, in the old practice, we have this tiny, tiny, tiny little um, adjustment room, treatment room. And Uh I tried to stick two tables in there and things like that, moved all the furniture. So he'd get to work on a Monday morning and go, what the hell has happened in here? And then I'd tell the staff, you know, the staff to go, oh, talk about innate intelligence. And they were like, uh, and we've never told them about any of this stuff before. Right. So they, and then he would come in and go, Oh God, don't mention subluxation and things. He just wasn't, you know, it wasn't his bag. Yeah. And so after about three years of this, I decided I can't do it anymore. So I decided to leave. And I think that was the best decision I ever made. I think that may have saved our marriage. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, literally a week after I decided to leave, this magnificent property just appeared out of nowhere. Um, so it's an old, old um it's kind of like an old uh sorting office post office so i've got this massive sort of open plan um practice with five tables and i'm i'm working it now there's subluxation written all over the place and innate (laughs) intelligence and so yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that's funny that might have came maybe from that source that weird source thing when it when things happen at the perfect time right or it's just totally coincidence a total coincidence, I'm sure of it. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me a little bit about that evolution, because again, I think, um, and again, I, I went through this too when I learned about like not only about chiropractic but about um, 
even stuff in personal development, like the first time I went to like a Martini seminar or something like that, and you learn about these cool things. And then you just go home and you like throw it up all over all your friends and all your, your family and all that kind of stuff. Um, tell me that, that, that progression is when, when did you kind of realize saying, Hey, maybe I'll just work on myself instead because what I use the analogy was, is it felt like in my life, it always felt like when it, we, you've read the underdog curse. So I, I talk about that in the, in, in the, in the book about, I, I, it's like climbing a ladder where I'd go one step up and then I'd want everybody around me to come up that one rung before I kept going. And, and yeah. so not only did it would, would annoy the other people cause they don't want to change. Um, but it would also slow down my gr- growth because I'd spend all my energy trying to change them. So, so how did you go through that realization that maybe I'll just work on myself and then be okay with them doing their thing? Well, it took me quite a long time. I was doing exactly that same thing of one rung up, come on, come on, follow me. This is the light side. Why yeah. are you staying there? Because, you know, and, uh, but it makes them wrong and no one likes to be wrong. Right. And uh, it took me quite a few years to realize that actually I'm the author of my own story and this is the story that I want to live um, and they're the author of their story. And um, and a lot of people would say, you know, oh, you know, these people are holding you back, but, you know, and they're not on the same path and what have you. And, you know, I think now, and I think there's a lot of other, like, you know, this imposter syndrome thing of, is this really me or was that really me? And then there's kind of a lot of questions and blockages that you'll have yourself, I think. And I think it's a constant work. It's a constant work. Um, But I actually like to keep it quite private now. And and I don't like to vomit it all over lots of other people. Um, But I always still, when people start sort of saying, oh, you know, have you heard of, you know, some spiritually whatever or some kind of, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know all about that. Um, But... So I like to know stuff. I like to be a smarty pants. But, yeah. uh, but I try really, really hard not to come and just like vomit all over everyone because it is their journey. And the trouble is some of us are faster than others. And there might be time, you know, you guys say about do be, be, do have. And my first ever coach said to me, do be, do be, do. Sometimes you do and sometimes you be. And I yeah. just don't understand people who just want to be. <laughs> so, but I kind of just let them, but that's their thing. And I do my own. It is that, tricky. Well, and that's interesting because that's a, uh, and, and that's part of the transition probably. Do you think before that you felt like um, uh, maybe that if, if everybody around you, because you're, was it the outside in philosophy where if, if everybody around me just thought the same ways I'd like to feel, then it gave me permission to feel that way or to have those understandings? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, we all look for like-minded people. I think that's again, why Cairo Europe's so amazing is because you know, you even see on the Facebook posts, it's just so refreshing that there's, you know, and being a mechanist, you don't really have that. You know, it's quite a lonely, a lonely thing to be when you're on your own in this closed room and the seminars are so dull and, you know, it's, you don't have that same sense of a, I'm trying not to use the word tribe because it sounds kind of a bit aggressive, but that, you know, that same sense of family and that same sense of like-mindedness. So, when there's somebody, you know, lots of people who are on that same page and can almost sort of read your mind with it, it's just really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And you get frustrated when people aren't. <laughs> but again, who's to say we're right? I don't know. <laughs> so, and, and because you had that, that um, kind of that experience with either pain-based or mechanistic chiropractic, 
the ones that seem to be really like venomous towards um, towards like either vitalistic chiropractors or subluxation based chiropractors, what do you think is the is the kind of reasoning behind it, or or kind of coming it from their point of view? Why what what do you think makes them want to be so like kind of anti uh, vitalistic or or subluxation based chiropractors? I guess it's that sort of same sort of feeling of having a tribe kind of thing, and for me the science people um if you can't prove it then it must not exist and i know heidi horvick is doing a lot of work on proving it i listened to her one as well the other day that's like my she i thought i swore a lot <laughs> she swore so much i was like no heidi you said yes again <laughs> that a girl she she even, I, I think she's even trying to hold it back too <laughs> i was like oh, i'm so proud of you girl you go <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think that's that sense of, you know, it's like the pro-vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers. There's no right or wrong and nobody wants to be wrong and they want the other person to be wrong and you want to be right. And I think it's such a shame that we have to be this this di- divided thing. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, I was an absolute, um, you know, complete subluxation denier. I don't think we had it so severe years ago it's more in the last five years or so hasn't it that it's become this real kind of like tirade of subluxation denying um but i don't know i think it's again that tribal thing i don't know i wish it didn't happen yeah i know it's it's there but that we we always have to deal with Mm. stuff that's kind of weird so so Mm. In practice, you so you've been you've been through lots of different things. So, and we always talk about self care on the podcast because, again, when we're working with chiropractors around the world, a lot of times chiropractors are sick and burnt out, and 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 we need more vital chiropractors. We always say, in order for chiropractic to thrive, we need to have thriving chiropractors. And so, have you had any um, times in the life where you got really burnt out, and uh, and what what are what were, what were those, and what were some of the things you did to overcome that? Oh, I've had adrenal fatigue ever since I qualified. I think. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Until you can burn those suckers out. <laughs> yeah, I think they're like tiny little shriveled up peas. Uh, no, I think, and it t- it's taken me a while. So I had a total nervous breakdown after that um, that first Kyrie Europe because I was so exhausted from not only trying to find what the heck was not, you know, I was on this journey of all these things. And I think that's why, you know, my husband was a bit speculative about it all because you know, I was trying so many different things. It was like shiny new thing, but I was looking for what was missing. Something was missing. Something was missing. And that was quite exhausting. And then exhausting for me to be working in a mechanistic fashion because it's often a pain-based model, um, evidence-based and people coming in, in crisis, you need to do everything you possibly can to get them out of this crisis because often they've come in and gone, Oh, I'm going away, you know, on holiday to visit my family in two days. You've got to sort this out right now even though it's been going on for 20 years and you're like, Oh, I must sort this out. must sort this out. And then you actually take on that, that you take on that responsibility, right? Yes. And you know, and being this right, I, you know, what I'm, you know, this, we're often, all of us are probably quite empathic Mm -hmm. um, that, and put pressure on myself. I want to be the best and I want to fix this person. And I, and then I'd bombard them with absolutely everything, you know, dry needles, ultrasound, tens machine, hot pack, cold pack, rub everything, you know, stretch everything and not even often, maybe even adjust them if they were in loads of pain, you know, and that's exhausting in itself, isn't it? The pressure you put under yourself when these people have these high expectations of you're going to fix me. Um, 
you know, that was hard. And I did, you know, I ended up on antidepressants, I have to admit, um, during that time. And because it was a slog to go to work every day and it was work. It wasn't work, you know. So every day I'd get to work and I'd be miserable and I'd be bored and it'd be just the same demand and the same thing. And I think I felt like they were spending money um, and I needed to make sure that I gave them that value for money. So I'd entertain them and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I had a nervous breakdown then. Um, and then I had, a, and then I had another nervous breakdown after Cairo Europe, I think where I just kind of crashed because yeah. I was so disappointed in everything. Um, and it, and then when I started the, my new practice, which is about 18 months ago now, um, congratulations. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, there was a lot of learning I had to do. Um, I've been coaching with Mark Hudson and Lynn McDania for three years. Mm-hmm. But I had so many blockages and so many strong beliefs and so much self-doubt and so much uh, um, doubt in my capabilities uh, that I had to do a lot of work with them. So yeah. I did, you know, a lot of self-work um, so we did sweat lodges and, you know, fire walking and bending rebars with the throat and, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a lot of talk about, you know, and, you know, Mark Hudson doesn't suffer any fools gladly. So, yeah. you know, if you were making excuses, damn, you know, you're in trouble. So he kind of, I think I needed that tough love to sort of push me forward. Kind like of those shake out of it. Were hard. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and yeah, and I needed, again, a group. So we got to the group, everyone was like-minded, everyone was in a similar sort of path. Um, so that really, really helped. And uh, I got rid of a lot of crap that, you know, a lot of strong beliefs I had. And, um, and so that really helped. And now I'm coaching with Stu Bittman, which obviously is a completely different <laughs> experience. Yes. He's such a little gentle guy, isn't he? So, yeah. um, you know, so it's obviously what I need now too you then now realize that it's all there everything you need is there but when I first started the practice there was a lot of I was scared but I knew I was doing the right thing there never there was never a shaky time when I thought oh what the hell are you doing destiny what the hell are you doing it was like this is the right thing um but then and it was really busy at first and then it kind of went down again and then it was busy and then it went down and I'm like oh and it was all to do with my energy and then you know you start asking all these questions why 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 and then you start playing the blame game Anyway, so I've had a lot of emotional roller coaster with this whole thing, yes. Now, but it, now yeah. oh, sorry, yeah, I was just going to say. I've, go on, go on. I was sorry. just going to say. So now you've probably have you have you developed like a, a system or or rituals or stuff to keep you more kind of oh, even keel. Yeah, I meditate every day. Mm. Um, I I journal, which is really weird, by the way. I never really understood journaling. I thought it was just like, oh dear diary. Uh, today I went down to thing. I don't didn't realize it was just like let an eight take over and stuff would come out. So I do that. I I can't say exercise is my best friend, Doctor Don. I kind of like I know Brandy and is like super fit and um and I aspire to be fitter. <laughs> Um, it's not her best friend either. Just so you know, (laughs) she just does it. (laughs) It's sort of, it should be something that's non-negotiable in my life, but I have to say I'm working on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're always sharpening um, the saw. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've just recently read a book about ADD as well. So I think I'm a little bit ADD because I'm a bit kind of scatterbrained or creative brain. So I'm starting to manage that with lots of sleep and lots of good food. Mm. Um, and being very mindful of my own energy 
Um, we've created in the practice, we cluster book everything. So I'm not working any, I only work 16 hours a week. Um, and I can kind of manage to keep everything turning over and working there. So, um, you know, so I just protect my energy a lot now, but you don't feel like you have to so much when you're in an open plan environment, when you're in a more high volume, because you can stay in the zone and you're going from person to person and you're just in it and, you know, three hours fly. Whereas when you're mechanistic or in a closed room environment, you're watching the clock every, you know, looking at the clock every 15 minutes of like, Oh, I've got another five hours of this. <laughs> Now I'm curious um, when you started uh, to get more of that, uh, you know, vitalistic or neurologically based chiropractic mentality, and and mm-hmm. did you start? Um, so did you start adjusting more and start cutting out some of the extra modalities before you opened up your new practice? Did you did you start doing that on your own? I did. Yes. So I started increasing my, you know, so I start seeing people every sort of five ten minutes. Um, and I stopped using the dry needles that didn't really resonate with me anyway, because when I learned that it was like a weekend course and I'm sure the sort of Chinese acupuncturist who takes seven years to learn this stuff would be women rolling over. Absolutely. And I felt like that every time I did it. But anyway, that might be the difference difference between when you get a specific adjustment and as they call it a manip, a manipulation, a manip. manip. exactly and you know when we spend all our lives go well I spent you know I took five years to learn how to specifically adjust and then the doctors go off and do a weekend course of manipulation it's the same thing so I felt that you know I felt like a bit of a charlatan doing that so I ditched that and I ditched my aqueous cream I kind of still did trigger points and stuff like that because I felt like that transition wasn't fair on my patients because they didn't know things were different and right and I tried to explain and I think having the new practice and just having a fresh start because now I do a mandatory talk as well. So they understand. So, um, yeah, it was a tricky transition because it was difficult to educate them about why. Cause you're kind of, you're creating new agreements, right? Because you've already made yeah. previous agreements. Well, it's kind of like in the marriage yeah. too, when you like want to do something different and you didn't do that before. So that's always the yeah. challenge, right? Now I'm just curious. Um, did you notice a big difference when you started focusing more on the adjustment? Like what kind of things did you notice in your practice members or your, or your patients? Okay. So the biggest thing was the quality of my adjustment. Number one was way, I mean, my adjusting skills now compared to three years ago, given that I've been qualified for 24 years, are just, you know, every, just a a billion, a billion, billion times better, which of course you're going to get better results from that. But now Now I notice instead of, again, because I guess it's all about your intention. If your intention is to get rid of this person's knee pain, that's hopefully what will happen. If your intention is to connect, reconnect your nervous system, reconnect your innate intelligence, reconnect the spirit to, you know, to the man, human, uh, non-gender specific, whatever. Very very (laughs) politically correct. Excellent. you know, it's, uh, that's what will happen. So we, I did, I started getting a lot of changes from, you know, the point of view. I had one guy who hadn't been able to smell anything for 20 years and he walked in and he went, Oh, that smells nice in here and went, Whoa, hang on a minute. You know, and people saying that they could sleep better and people saying they had more vibe, you know, vibrant, they felt more vibrant. We've had people ditch inhalers and ditch blood pressure medication. And by the way, not saying anyone should do that. No, uh, and not that we're treating any conditions. (laughs) It's all the caveats all. that we say all the time. It's, yeah. it's absolutely not. It's just crazy what happens when you have a normal physiology and the body works the way it's supposed to. That's just kind of crazy stuff happens. Like it's 
working properly. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that's not anything to do with us. It's all to do with you. You are the healer. So um, <laughs> you're the doctor, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely there was a big change, but also a big change in me when I was focusing on that. And, and you know, I used to be, the adjustment was just kind of like almost a full stop to the sentence when I was, you know, when I, after I'd done all this other stuff, it was like, oh, I'm just going to adjust now. And usually it was terrible. So sorry, everybody who may have seen me in those. I try, I was trying my best, I promise, but with the tools I had, which weren't very good. So, you know, there might be someone who pop, pops along this podcast. The cool thing about podcasts is they're going to be out there forever. So like someone might be listening to this podcast in 10 years, who knows, right? Because it'll be out there mm. forever. And, um, you know, if someone was out there and they were, and they, and they kind of maybe felt like you did, uh, where they kind of knew there might be something different, but they're kind of struggling. What kind of advice would you have for those kind of people? It's, uh, just keep an open mind. I don't know. It, you know, if it's meant to come to you, it will come. I'm really devastated that it took 20 years for, to, to come to me. Um, this is why I sponsor students and things to go to Cairo Europe. I mean, if you're in Europe, go to Cairo Europe. It's just, yeah. it will start you off. I mean, anyway and but go to more you know go to the UCA conferences I'm sorry I'm not there this weekend you guys but you know and just start kind of opening your mind to different kind of uh, you know options and listen to people and just you know just listen to your instincts as well because I bet you they're in there that it's something's not quite right and I didn't want to, to, to miss this because I almost forgot about it. But when we first met, it was at Cairo Europe, right? Where when Brandy yes. was talking. And so maybe I'd love to hear from your perspective of how, how that was for you when we were doing our uh, pre-post adjusting because that was pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, that I, think I, had, I think I'd only just literally opened my practice. That was like April. No, it was April. And were you there in April? Yeah. It, of, yeah. yeah and so, and last year of, of 17. No. 18. Yeah. yeah, it was 18. So yeah. I hadn't opened my practice yet. So, because I opened it in June 18. Yeah. So it was like three months before I'd opened the practice. And so I was still kind of, you know, I wasn't really getting adjusted every day or, you know, twice a week, that kind of stuff. Anyway, I get Brandy gets me up on stage. And of course, she looks amazing. And she's got these beautiful shoes on. And she's all stunning and perfect, what have you. And I'd been to Cairo Europe for three days and I looked like a vagrant, <laughs> probably hung over as well. But anyway, and I get up on the stage and she makes me do this zombie walk, like marching on the spot thing with my arms out, with my eyes closed. And when I opened my eyes, I was literally facing the whole different 90 degree direction. That You're, you're doing the exorcist, we call it the exorcist with your eyes closed. <laughs> I just couldn't, and I knew she wouldn't like let me fall off the stage or anything, but it was close. I'm sure she would have saved me, but whoa, that was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Anyway, then you adjusted me and then I, we did it again and it wasn't quite, I was still turning quite a bit and then you adjust me again and then I was straight on the whole time. I was so proud of myself and I felt great after that, I have to say. So yeah, um, a big learning curve for me on that too, so. That was pretty cool. And because, again, especially when you come from a mess, mechanistic mindset where kind of, uh, you know, chiropractic is about joint dysfunction and all that stuff. And just to be able to see that, because that, that's the nice thing about it with, with practice members or patients is they can become involved and they can see how it immediately changes with the brain. And, uh, and so I think that was pretty cool to be able to see that. And, and especially for you, because it was so, so much return. We actually had to check you twice because it was like. Yeah, it, so, and I'm a chiropractor. So can you imagine, you know, I somebody who's never been adjusted in their entire life 
what yeah. a difference that will make. And and I do think, you know, again, coming from the, the pain-based model is that the only findings you have are subjective, really, aren't they? Is your pain better or not? Right. Whereas when you have these sort of more objective findings, then you're not focusing so much on the symptoms. You're focusing on getting their neurology working better. Um, it's a whole big, you know, a whole different ball game, I think. Mm. Cool. I go into my Terminator question where um, we can put you in a time machine and you and not Terminator bad like you get attacked, but you, you fly back <laughs> okay. in time. Scared um, me. Like the Terminator's not coming after you, but in the movie, uh, <laughs> the guy was able to go through time and go back and talk to his younger self. Mm -hmm. So if you could talk to yourself, maybe when you're in your teens or early twenties or whenever you think what would be the, what would have been the best time for you to be able to talk to yourself? Actually, that's a good question. First of all, what, what, what age would be the best age that you would have liked to be able to talk to yourself? It's a really tricky one because I believe everything I've done up until now, it's, you know, it's like that whole tightening of the bow before you're firing off the arrow Mm -hmm. I think everything that's happened up, you know, up until now has been just like a coiled spring ready to, um, and it's, you know, it's about the journey and, um, but if I could just go back to even, I have no idea, maybe the car accident, maybe in college, I think maybe in college, if I could have just trusted, you know, I've got the name destiny. The name mm -hmm. destiny is like a real hippie, um, weird name my parents were hippies and I fought against that for my whole life and tried to be scientific and not be this woo woo you know hippie person and I would like to go back to my before college and say it's okay to be a hippie and just embrace it and you can't have the name destiny without it meaning something right. so I think I would do that and then I think that would maybe let me down this path a little bit earlier on Again, I've just been on a mission trip uh, with a lot of LifeU students, and they are year one students, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but their adjusting skills are amazing, and yeah. they are, like, they're connected, and they get it, they're 100% on it, and I'm like, you nearly swore. You bastards. You lucky skits. <laughs> <laughs> you It's not fair. <laughs> well, that's so cool though, but it's good to know, like for chiropractors out there, they're referring uh, uh, possible uh, chiropractors that are, they want to be students. It's important to where you send them to, right? Because mm -hmm. if you go to a school where they like drill into your head that, that this form of chiropractic is unethical, bad, freaky, bad for the profession, bad for all this other stuff, that gets stuck in there, right? And so it's, mm -hmm. uh, it would be nice to get a, to get a mm -hmm. better start. And I think too, if you know your skill, so if you become a really, a very good adjuster, that also will help increase your confidence. Cause if you don't fully learn, cause I know a lot of schools now, they're not even required to do actual adjustments in clinic. Like they could do ultrasound and that's, that's going towards their numbers that if you're not very good at something, you're obviously not going to do it very much. You're not going to do it very much. And then if you do do it, you're going to be rubbish. Then there's going to be more cases, you know, negligent cases or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think I would do go back in time and tell myself that and I, and if I could guide myself, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that I'm in this position right now. And I'm so grateful because I've always wanted to go on a mission trip as well. But what do you do on a mission trip? You go to India, Haiti, Panama, what have you, and massage somebody's butt cheeks. <laughs> so it makes me realize now that of course I couldn't go on a mission trip because I wasn't doing anything missionable. <laughs> well, they could maybe you could bring them food, maybe bring them food or something or oh, give yeah. them water. <laughs> yeah. Anyone could do that. Yeah, so. 
So I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time and being vulnerable and sharing because, you know, there's some difficult stuff and challenging stuff with relationships. And I really appreciate you being open with that because I think a lot of people could benefit from it. So basically in closing, you know, you have chiropractors all around the world. Uh, What kind of uh, words of wisdom or inspiration would you like to leave um, the listeners with today? Be brave. You know, just be brave and speak your truth. It's okay. Nobody, the boogeyman isn't going to come and get you. And yeah, maybe you're going to be judged. There's always going to be haters out there. But if you don't step up, number one, for the profession, for the vitalistic side of the profession, um, then you're doing yourself and chiropractic a disservice. So just be brave, get out there, get in the arena and let's do it. Let's do it. Just do it like the Nike says. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Don. It was my pleasure. And everyone out there, thank you again so much for listening. I, I know we, you got a lot of great stuff from this and from, uh, this podcast. Being brave is huge, right? Because again, we're, we're usually so uh, influenced from our external environment. We want to fit in. I think it's human nature to be want to be accepted by the tribe. And, and, and when the tribe that you're currently in are maybe against what you believe inside, like that's the biggest challenging thing is to try to, is to find a new tribe. So hopefully uh, the, the braveness of, uh, of our guest today, Destiny, who has the best name ever, Destiny, um, can maybe give you a little bit of fuel so that you can be brave and, and find a tribe. And, uh, and then that will help you to kind of get to be living your authentic self because I think that's the whole goal in life too. So until next time, everybody, I, I uh, look forward to talking to you on the next episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast. So have a great one. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.